0: Sam, thanks for meeting up with me here. I'm doing some research on ghost, ghost stories around the streetcar route, and I'm interested to see what you and Professor Jafarou have.
1: That's uh, Jafarou. Sure, we'd be glad to tell you some stories. I heard the professor has been doing some research, and I'm quite curious to hear some of his new stories as well.
2: Yes, we have no shortage of things happening here in downtown Oklahoma City.
0: Well, I see the streetcar coming. Why don't we hop on and you guys can tell me about some stories around the route?
1: Sounds good to me. Let's go. Hello, I'm Sam Saxon. I'm Professor Joff Deroute. And you're listening to Tales Unveiled, where we explore ghost stories and urban legends.
3: This episode is brought to you by Embark, providing streetcar, ferry transit, bike share, and bus services in Oklahoma City and Norman. Their transportation options connect people with their community while easing traffic congestion and improving air quality. Learn more at EmbarkOK.com, and then explore the city using public transportation.
1: Caitlin Ford is the creative strategist for Embark, which manages Oklahoma City's bus transit system, as well as the streetcar, the bike share program Spokies, the Oklahoma River Cruises, and some of the parking garages in the downtown area. Caitlin reached out to me wanting to learn some ghost stories along the streetcar route for a possible tourism strategy. I connected with the professor and we decided to make an episode out of the tour. Alright, we've just hopped on the streetcar. We're at the Tail Park spot. Beautiful park. I'm so excited that it's open. Professor, what stories do you want to start off with?
2: Well, actually, I'm curious if you might have a story. So during this construction, did anyone happen to find anything underground?
0: Well, the only thing that I know that we found is when we were digging out the basement of the old building that was there, they found these really old timbers underneath that basement. I and know it. no one's really sure what they were for or what they uh, were about. I know they were just really old, pretty rotted wood. Um, but yeah, they found some really old timbers underneath, and that's all I know.
1: Uh, what building are we referring to? Uh,
0: the new convention center garage that we're building just on the other side of the brand new convention center here by the Scissor Tail Park. Um, they was the old og building and they demolished it and were getting ready of all the stuff that was there, digging out the old basement and as they got to the parts underneath the basement they found these really old timbers and nobody's really sure what they were there for. I guess maybe one of the original buildings but we're not totally sure.
2: It could be the Chinese tunnels extended this far.
0: Could very
1: well be.
2: Did anyone mention seeing creatures?
0: You know, not that I know of. I haven't heard any spooky stories other than Mm. just finding the the timbers.
2: Well, we'll keep asking.
0: (laughs) But what can you tell me about the Myriad Gardens?
2: So this was the old Chinese district. Uh, During the land run, we uh, had not just white folks make settlements here, but also Chinese and Chinese Americans. Oklahoma City got started about the same time that the railroads were wrapping up. And uh, as we had a lot of labor demand here, we had uh, folks move in. And then, of course, they'd invite in uh, friends and family members. And the Chinese uh, population really exploded. We used to have uh, chop suey houses up and down what became Sheridan. So today's uh, Chinese buffets. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, Chinese library that was importing newspapers from Shanghai, uh, it was very much a different place.
0: So what happened to that district and those people?
2: Well, after World War II, uh, everybody started moving out to the suburbs. So the work downtown dried up, and since a lot of these were folks were working class, they moved to other jobs. Uh, with empty buildings, vagrants moved in, and uh, it became a very undesirable area. So when the pay plan moved in in the 1960s and 70s, it was essentially the idea we'll bulldoze everything and build, build new, uh, which we did get the Myriad Gardens established. But for the most part, when they invited city developers to come in, the folks said, Fa, we're fine. We're up here in Edmond and we're out in the Midwest City. We'll just build here. And so for a long time, all we had were parking lots. And look at it now. It's booming again, which makes me excited to see what kind of energy might be stirred up. <laughs>
0: Don't you have anything that's a little bit spookier?
2: Well, depending on here, you find spooky, there's a lot going on with the paranormal. And the stories I've heard about here are really quite friendly. A lady was telling me about her first day working at the bridge and had her boss come in and do all the onboarding. And then her coworkers came by and said, listen, stuff's going to move around your office by itself. Uh, don't worry about it. Those are just the ghosts
0: just friendly ghosts in the workplace.
2: Yeah, she said she uh, had poltergeist activity. Uh, The pencil cup on her desk would turn itself over and the pencils would scatter in different directions. Uh, She said that books on the shelf would slide out and then fall to the floor without anybody around them. Uh, But she said she never felt threatened. She always just had the sensation that someone else was here.
0: Just a casual work ghost.
2: Indeed, which uh, they said there was at least one working spirit. Uh, Gardner was saying that he, if he happened to leave work undone by the f- end of the day, he can sometimes come in that next morning and it would be finished for him. Interesting. Yeah, he said his favorite thing to do was when he needed to repot a plant, which, you know, lifting all of that dirty material, uh, mm-hmm. he would just set the old plant next to the new larger empty pot with some extra potting soil, head out at 5 o'clock, and come in the next morning to find the plant moved over and the extra potting soil tucked around it. That's pretty clever. I suppose he should be getting a paycheck from that.
0: How does one pay a ghost?
2: Well, there's a lot of discussion about property values, and most things legally end when you're dead. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: Otherwise, we would have a
1: lot of lawsuits going on about estates. This is very true. The professor set his microphone on his lap, leaned forward, and started staring at another passenger. I wasn't sure who he was looking at, but it was like as if he'd recognized someone, but wasn't sure if it was them or not. Caitlin prompted the professor with a question.
0: Well, we just passed the Myriad Gardens stop and we're headed towards the library platform, which is right across from City Hall and then the Civic Center. Do you have any stories about those places?
2: I've heard some vague things about City Hall. They say that up on the fourth floor and the archival area, uh, things tend to move around, but I haven't been able to nail down specific stories. The Civic Center has all kinds of stories. The Spirits seem to like theater, which free shows. Why wouldn't you? Uh, they have constant stories of uh, lights turning back on in the middle of the night, uh, hearing people uh, walk around, uh, motion sensors flicking over in the middle of the night, and daytimes, too.
1: I wonder if we can get Mayor Holt to investigate with us. I'm sure he would.
3: We take all personal belongings. As long as
0: it's on Twitter. Maybe we have our own Oklahoma City version of the Phantom of the Civic Center instead of the Phantom of the
3: Opera. I hope so. (laughs) Please hold on. Streetcar to
2: That poor guy locked in a cage for so long. He's the real hero. Right. And some blonde guy comes on, steals this girl who's been working with (laughs) for so many
1: years. (sighs) Despicable. Go ahead and tell me about, fun fact about the streetcar real fast.
0: Yeah, so... A fun fact about our system is we're one of the few systems in the nation that operates on both uh, battery power and on wire power, so on and off wire system. And and here at the Transit Center center stop is where we have a section where we go back onto wire. So our pantograph, which is the tool at the top of the streetcar, raises and touches the catenary line, which is the line above the streetcar track, and that is what powers us around the loop. Once we get around the loop back to the law school stop, we'll lower that pantograph and we'll operate on battery power throughout the downtown area until we get to Bricktown, where we'll go back on wire again.
1: Well, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. Professor, now we're getting ready to turn on to Broadway Avenue, sponsored by Schwab Meat Company. Broadway Avenue, as the announcement just announced. What stories do you have about Automobile Alley for us?
2: Oh, there's tons of stories of activity. Uh, Since it was a very energetic area, of course, there's uh, lots of things lingering. Uh, I've uh, heard a lot of phantoms. Uh, One fellow who was working at the awards shop up there, uh, he said that uh, he would never work after dark. Uh, He would always have to leave before then. It's not a, you know, I need to be home at 7 o'clock or anything, but whenever the sun was down, he was done. Uh, He said that figures would appear in the back and watch him as he was working.
3: Arriving Broadway Avenue stop.
2: And then, of course, there's uh, Tin Lizzie's. Uh, the owner there was telling me once that uh, they had a disappearing customer. She said that uh, this lady walked in, and she was a little unnerved, just uh, not exactly sure why, but uh, the lady seemed a little off. Uh, she had long, straight black hair, and walked in and, and turned the corner and went into the stationery. So the owner decided to go keep an eye on her and uh, went off to go check, and she wasn't there. So she hadn't heard the door ring from opening for her to leave but then she remembered the door hadn't rung for her to come in and so she searched the shop and then in fact uh, checked out all
1: the cameras
2: and the woman was never shown entering or leaving just walking around the shop and then gone that's creepy yeah yeah, she said
1: she closed up early that day
3: entering automobile alley
1: Automobile Alley is certainly a hopping place. There's lots of new restaurants popping up along here. Factory Obscure just recently opened. There's just quite a lot going on, restaurants. What other stories do you got about Automobile Alley for us? Any of the upstairs? Anything relating
2: to cars? Ah, That would be nice. There is the famous fire that uh, torched the old Schlegel's building.
0: What's this about a fire?
2: Uh, In mid-century of 20th century, when this area was fairly run down, uh, one of the uh, buildings was something of a hotel, just whoever needed a place to stay, and uh, fire struck and gutted the building, and as the building was part of the historical district, they couldn't change too much of it, so as you go to go in today, you can still see all the fire marked and the blackened beams next to the new iron support beams. It's a very cool mix of what was old and what is new.
3: To request a stop, please press the blue to stop request button.
1: The stop request button was pressed by the passenger the professor was checking out earlier. I watched him as he stared at a sharply dressed, dark-skinned man get off the Oklahoma Contemporary Stop. I asked the professor, who was that? But he mumbled no one and went through his black leather notebook as the streetcar carried on its route. Oh, we're passing
2: the First Baptist Church. Uh, while I was uh, exploring the underground, uh, one of my friends of friends happened to mention a tunnel under the church. Which, first she said it was the basement, and nothing out of the ordinary there. But they had a hatch down to the janitor's area, so this utility and pipes and things. And then under that, there was another hatch that led down to another tunnel. And she said that was as far as she had gone. It, it was a darker and drearier than she could un- understand.
1: I would be curious to go back and with some equipment, some lights.
2: Listen for some EVPs. Or see for some gateways.
0: So now that we're here in Midtown, Sam, I've heard you've collected some really cool stories. What stories do you have around here?
2: I had a wonderful chat with Anna and Larry who uh, own the Café do Brazil, uh, which famously, that building
1: was a funeral home from the 1920s until the 70s. I thought you were about to say a house of ill repute or something, it seems like. (laughs) Uh, Not
2: here, fortunately, for once. No, this is a house of great repute. In fact, the first certified female mortician ran this for all of those years. Uh, Fascinating. That's awesome. Yeah, she lived upstairs in an apartment um, and uh, retired up there and finally closed down. And reportedly still stuck around. When they opened up the restaurant, her granddaughter came by and and happened to say, Oh, my grandmother lived here, and I stayed with her for many months, kind of helping her along. Uh, And she actually passed away up there. And they said, Oh, well, uh, that's very interesting. And they kind of gave each other a tour. Uh, They showed her what they had done with the place, and she showed her what used to be there, such as the crematorium being the same place where the kitchen is today. So remember that. Uh, And while they were walking around, they said that the shelves started jingling in the kitchen.
3: Sponsored ah. by The Collected,
2: Kitchens and Cocktails. So, which Anna yelled and said, Hey, what are you doing breaking my dishes? And the man in the kitchen said, I break nothing. Uh. But they decided that that was Grandma making her presence known. So whenever strange things happen, uh, they always say, oh, it's just Grandma. And she is quite active, or was. Uh, When I first met them, I asked, you know, has anything strange happened here? And they said, well, it used to, but it's calmed down now, which is not often you hear with ghost stories. Usually they seem to evolve with age, but uh, she seems to be resting easier now. Uh, She did have an issue when they were hanging curtains. So when they opened up the new uh, uh, conference area, the big dining table out in the back, they uh, were hanging curtains in the back, and the man hanging them uh, suddenly froze up and, and, and said, something just blew by me. I, I think it was a ghost. And they said, no, no, there's no ghost here. Don't worry about it. Uh, and finally calmed him out enough that they got the curtains done, and uh, he moved out toward the front, and Anna was uh, kind of decorating. She'd taken one of her wedding dishes, uh, a big platter, and, placed it right in the middle of the uh, big dining table, and kind of dressing it up, and then went to the front again, helping out with the curtains. And again, the uh, man on the ladder froze up and said, okay, I definitely felt a cold breeze brush by me. There, that, that was a ghost. And they couldn't convince him this time that it wasn't. And while they were talking, in the back, I heard a big crash. And so she up. ran There's in no to see problem. what had happened, and her platter had broken not fallen off the table. It was still exactly in the middle, but it had shattered into uh, three triangular pieces. Uh, She said it was exactly like a peace sign. So evidently Grandma didn't like the dish. Wow.
0: That's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah, you never know what you'll find out when you're walking around asking what stories people have.
0: I don't know if I'd be brave enough to live above my own mortuary.
2: Apparently they had a very good time. um, and And
0: to stick around.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, energy certainly seems to stick. Because
1: the upstairs is kind of like sort of a nightclub now, isn't it?
0: It is. I believe it's the Bossa Nova Club now.
1: I wonder what she thinks of that. Hopefully she enjoys it. (laughs) I
2: hope so. They say that uh, other spirits have moved through, kind of following where their last remains were. One of the lawyers who works in one of the offices in the building reported that uh, he was late one night, uh, just staying up working, and it was about four in the morning when he heard voices downstairs and he thought it was Larry and Anna uh, just talking rather angrily back and forth he could tell their their, uh, male and female voices and uh, started off fairly quiet got louder and louder and louder until uh, kind of got to shouting and swearing and then finally calmed down again so he he didn't quite know what to think of that but then uh, the argument came back again first it was a conversation and then yelling and then louder yelling and then swearing and and this time there was a gunshot. gunshot Gunshot Yes, uh, that ended the argument And so he called the police And the police came out And they called Larry and Anna Saying, hey, we need, we need access into your building and, and so they showed up And the lawyer thought it, said, hey, I thought it was you And they said, no, we've been at home all night And so they unlocked the whole building
1: Checked everything out uh, No one inside, no guns anywhere Have you dug any history about anyone being shot there in that building?
2: uh... from what i've come to understand it wasn't necessarily people there uh... but it was uh... someone who moved through Which they have all kinds of conversations and organ music playing in the main eating room which used to be of course the chapel and viewing room
0: well before we leave midtown do you have anything else
2: well of course there's the old kaiser's it has been an ice cream parlor for decades uh, going way way back and they still apparently have work staff there. Uh, the manager very kindly showed me in the back uh, where they have many of the shelves stacked up in their second floor. So, Which is a very uh, awkward floor up there. It's about four feet high at points. Uh, you have to go upstairs and hunker down and mm-hmm. you're very much crawling while you're bringing stuff through. Mm-hmm. And on one of the shelves he said that uh, glasses would be moved off, not fall off. But uh, they would crinkle, rattle, as they're hitting one another, and then glasses would be stacked up next to the shelf. Huh. Yeah, so now they just keep plastic there, and it's much calmer.
1: <laughs> A very
2: practical solution.
1: Practical indeed. Yeah. Oh, hey, look, there's the law school. Oh, yes. Oh, the
2: old Oklahoma City High School.
0: Oh, wow, I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Back in 1909, they constructed the, the original high school stood out on Old Military Hill on 2nd Avenue. Uh, Today, uh, of course, as the the city has expanded, we have many, many different high schools, but uh, downtown, that was our our major central one. And of course, when it was outgrown, they changed it into one of our first experimental art schools. So uh, high schoolers could come in. They did more projects than tests. Uh, Everyone I've talked to said they really had a a great time with it. Uh, but, But once again, people moving out of downtown, it too shut down. And now it's the law school for OCU. And they uh, had to do some serious renovations going in. They they gutted much of the building to restore it. And as they did, things got stirred up. Uh, Today, they say that there's a little boy running around. Hmm. Yeah, uh, they see him all throughout the building, and he's uh, peeking around corners, usually. And people will see him and, and try to go catch him, and he always gets away.
1: Little kids are like that.
2: And then something underground. I couldn't get any further, but one of the contractors doing electrical work in the, the utility tunnels underneath uh, said that he had to have an assistant. And it wasn't for any labor issues, it was he needed someone there with him uh, while he. Uh, to witness all of these words and sounds that were being mumbled out of thin air.
0: So here we are now in the heart of downtown, and there's definitely got to be some stories around here. What can you tell us?
2: Well, of course, we have the Skirvin Hotel, which we could do an entire episode about that.
1: And we have. But give a summary for our new listeners.
2: Well, uh, Mr. Skirvin built the hotel back in 1911 and added onto it again in 1930, and then, of course, built Skirvin Tower uh, across the street in 1940. Uh, it connected him with a tunnel, which uh, is part of the overall uh, Oklahoma City Underground today. And um, it has no shortage of stories. The uh, sports players talk about Effie up on the 10th floor, uh, famously attacking them and attempting to seduce them, I assume. <laughs> uh, but they have their own little boy running around. Uh, they have people appearing in the elevators. They have a big band music playing in the Venetian ballroom. And, of course, Mr. Skirvin himself is said to uh, sit down under his portrait and continue drinking cocktails, as he did when he... Um, Hulled courts there in the lobby interesting and of course, one block away from there is the scariest story I know about Oklahoma City.
0: Oh, and that is
2: Well, in 1935, uh, at the corner of Park and Robinson, newspaperman Carl McGee had hired an engineer from Oklahoma State University to develop a parko meter to pay make people pay for when they park.
0: Definitely the spookiest thing in Oklahoma City ha. <laughs>
1: The Professor and I have previously been to Bricktown and collected some rather interesting stories. you want to go ahead and start off with that?
2: Well, uh, of course, we have the Kingman building with the man who attempted to rob the Kingman in the 19-teens, burning himself to death in the vault um, by his attempt, and now his phantom continues. They say he's a tall man with uh, dark, uh, long hair and wearing a long black coat. Uh, walks into what is now Yucatan-Takustan, the old Kingman offices, and turns into the kitchen and vanishes over and over again. Uh, or Kinney, the poltergeist in the back, uh, tinkering with the folks there in the candy company. Uh, he, they say he uh, will open up pop doors and slam them on people, and one of the workers told me that whenever that happens, she says, Kinney, knock it off, and it <laughs> will stop. And of course, we had our good chat with uh, Charles Stout about the Bricktown Brewery.
1: Yeah, some interesting stories involving Kid Knoll and the mysterious safe in the basement.
0: Uh, what's this about a safe?
2: So, since that entire block was the old Oklahoma candy factory, uh, they uh, did a lot of dealing and business, and the Bricktown Brewery today is where their showroom was. So, with all this business, they kept a big vault in the basement. It's, it's uh, huge. It's about a 20 by 20. And Charles was telling us that the uh, first time he went down there back in the 90s when they were brand new, that was all locked up, and he didn't think anything of it because it wasn't his, his business. And, uh, got whatever he was getting out of storage from the basement to go back up, and the next time he was down there, a couple weeks later, the vault was open. That's crazy. And the, yeah, he thought, this is great. So he went to go talk to the owners. They said that uh, nobody opened the vaults, and he said, well, I saw it open. And they said, that's impossible. The old owners lost the combination, and nobody has been down there for years. Uh, so he decided not to worry about it. And uh, time and again, he says it's a, a two or three week cycle Well, it'll just open itself and close itself and open itself and close itself, uh, which I guess Kid Knoll
1: likes doing that. He also likes messing with their brewery equipment, too.
2: Yeah, as they said, things will often disappear, uh, not just little tools, but uh, entire shop backs.
0: How does one lose a shop back?
2: Well, apparently Kid Knoll needs it for something. And uh, a couple weeks later, after they've been bickering about who lost it, it'll be right back where it was. <laughs> Oh, and I have a new story of Bricktown. So, in Abuelos, I was uh, talking with one of the waitresses, and she said that their basement has a little girl ghost in it.
3: Little
0: kids seem to be a common phantom around Oklahoma City.
2: There are a lot of theories about that, whether they are humans, and uh, of course, children often passed away before medical science improved. Uh, Other people say that they are a, a very inviting form that demonic activity likes to take so that they may draw people in. Whichever you like, uh, a candy factories is a certainly a great place to haunt.
0: Especially for a little kid.
2: Yeah. So they say that she's down in the basement. And uh, time and time again, they have had EVPs of uh, giggling.
0: It's just a little bit creepy. Yeah.
2: Uh, which this waitress uh, had something creepier. They say that uh, going down there, which it's all used for storage now, uh, whenever they go to get things, sometimes it's ice cold. And not especially cold because of air conditioning, but spots are cold. So they say that, of course, that might be where the ghosts are lingering. Which one time they went down there and it was especially cold. They, uh, she said she could practically see her breath. And so her coworker said, Oh, the girl must be down here. Let's take pictures. And she said, No, let's just get what we're getting and get out of here. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, her coworker took pictures. And finally, when she dragged her up, they were going through. And in one, they f- saw a little girl standing in the corner watching them, uh, wearing this nice white dress. To
3: request a stop, please press the blue stop request button.
0: Wow, that was a lot more stories than I was expecting and uh, definitely a lot to think on and to share with our riders and our followers and whatnot. So thanks so much for inviting me to come out with you guys and for riding with me on the streetcar. This was really great.
1: Well, thank you for having us. For our listeners, where can they go to learn more about the streetcar?
0: You can learn more about the streetcar at okcstreetcar.com, or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at right, Thank you, Caitlin. Thanks, guys.
1: We got off the streetcar where we started, at Scissortail Park. Before I could talk to the professor about what I learned from Detective James, he left in a hurry. So, instead, I shouted a quick reminder about our upcoming trip to Chandler. Yes, the professor and I are returning to Chandler to meet with the Lincoln County Paranormal Investigators, so stay tuned to Tales Unveiled.
3: Tales Unveiled is a production of the Show Starts Now Studios and is produced by Dennis Spielman. The voice of Sam Saxton is Dennis Spielman. The voice of Professor Jeff DeRoot is Jeff Provine. Thank you to Caitlin Ford and Embark for working with us on this episode. Would you like to get early access to new episodes, including bonus content? Visit talesunveiled.com to find out how to become a patron supporter. This episode's advice comes from Samuel Johnson. The use of traveling is to regulate imagination with reality. Instead of thinking how things may be, see them as they are.